0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic
0: that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. This is the state of California. We
1: are fewer than two weeks until Election Day. Hard to believe. And today we continue our special edition of the State of California, taking a closer look at the issues at hand for the midterms. KCBS political reporter Doug Sovereign assembled a special roundtable of guests at the top of the mark, the historic bar high atop Knob Hill at the Mark Hopkins Hotel for an extended conversation to break down the key issues.
0: Doug's guests are political sociologist Mindy Romero, director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at the USC Price School of Public Policy, veteran California Republican campaign consultant Mike Madrid, one of the co founders of the Lincoln Project, and Carla Marinucci, longtime political writer formerly with Politico and the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: Today's segment will focus on the role of the Latino population in California for the midterms.
2: This has been much discussed and debated on this show and elsewhere uh, what's happened with the Latino vote and how uh, Republicans have made inroads in California, certainly in South Texas in different places around the country. Um, What do we think is happening in California where um, obviously the Latino vote is substantial, turnout has historically been lower among that segment uh, of the electorate, but either Mindy or Mike, whichever of you wants to jump in here, uh, what, what do you think we're, we're seeing here in California over the next couple of weeks with the Latino vote?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, Mike and I are pretty much on the same page on this one. So. There have been shifts nationally. We've had a number of polls that have, have shown us this. It, th- how big of a shift uh, varies. Um, still, it's important to note that uh, Democrat, uh, Latinos are more likely going to vote Democrat. There still is a margin between their support and uh, right. that's a still significant. big one. Yeah, a big one. Like, yeah, you know, a big
2: 55 one. to 60 percent or more.
0: Yeah, um, yeah pretty significant. Yeah. So, uh, so as always with politics, we take one thing, we run with it, and the story becomes mm-hmm. Latinos are shifting. They're, they're Republican now, right? That's right. not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference uh, for California is that that shift we're not really seeing it um, may, maybe in some small places uh, but overall there's just a different history here there's a set of, different set of uh, trigger factors if you will that have uh, led California Latinos to still be solidly Democrat or at least also independent
2: you can go back to Prop 187 which was you know, a watershed yeah. moment
0: yeah. 187 and uh, I don't know how much time you want to spend on it, but essentially mm-hmm. 187 was really the the marker that shifted. Before, prior to that, the Latino vote was a little bit more Democrat than Republican. Um, with 187 and, and a series of other things that happened, other propositions that happened, it really set a narrative uh, for many Latinos and for Latino leadership that Republicans were – not in the best interest, to say the least, right, of the Latino. And, and now
1: I'm wondering with some of these national figures, has the 187 Pete Wilson factor kind of worn off, maybe? I mean, you're, you are seeing gains. It a you generation probably, ago. Yeah, hmm. it was a generation
0: ago. Hmm. I mean, are, 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 the Hawaiians are making gains. Go for it,
1: uh, it. I will say this there are a, a third of the Latino electorate in California was born after Prop 187, to date, all of us here at the table. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no recollection of this hmm. as a politicized moment. So we do, I think, retrench a little bit too much to 187 yeah, and Pete agreed. Wilson. Um, there are a lot of economic factors. There's a lot of social factors as to why Latinos in California have been voting differently. Um, but then you also have to ask yourself, like how was Donald Trump of all people, how, what was the appeal that he had? And I just keep going back to the fact that if there are two politicians in the modern era that have dramatically overperformed expectations, Amongst Latinos, it's Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. who also won those same Rio Grande Valley seats, by the way, in the right. primary, right. and Donald Trump. And when you look at it that way, you start to understand that there's this, this insurgent economic populism um, that is, is, is it's endemic in Hispanics everywhere outside of California. But look just yesterday there was a article in the san francisco chronicle showing that the most hispanic dense precincts were showing a disaffiliation with the democratic party with mm-hmm. hispanics and a slight uh, i don't think it's really that measurable towards the republican party but when you understand that it's really i think a rejection of both parties it's just one has been far worse for 30 years right. for hispanics you start to understand why you've had this low turnout for decades why you have not had um, much of an aspirational agenda put forth by either party, mm-hmm. and why these stereotypes about Democrats just being knee-jerk Democrats or not voting have really set in, and outside of California, it's proving remarkably inaccurate.
0: And let me add something that too. So it's it's the issues, but it's also the outreach stupid. Kind of, you know, um, so especially in California, it's really easy to see. So over the last few decades and and certainly before that as well. Um, but neither party, Democrats, Republicans, did a good job at all uh, outreaching to Latinos, mm-hmm. period. Um, but the Democratic Party did some of that. Um, it's mind-blowing still to this day how uh, the, the how ineffective it was and how, you know, the, the the quality of it and so forth. But they did some of that um, using Prop 187 and subsequent things, right, as, as kind of part of that narrative. And Republicans didn't do a lot of outreach. And, and of course, the rhetoric that was freewheeling, um, that, uh, you know, came off certainly as anti-Latino, uh, all that did was just kind of solidify, right, a narrative that did continue through, you know, later generations, and then Donald Trump kind of came along and helped solidify that further. But a lot of what's happened in California has also been a generation of Latino leadership that is out there doing the mobilization, doing the outreach, setting the narrative, right, that as they engage with younger Latinos, just the Latino community, period, they're not engaging really about Democrats and Republicans. They've been largely uh, engaging, right, and asking for the vote when they ask for the vote of Latinos for Democrats, right, or Democratic issues. So I just want to emphasize that outreach itself is a factor in all of this and the and the horrible job that we've seen around the country that both Democrats and Republicans, even in swing states. But maybe what happened last time around in the pres- last presidential race is that we saw some really strategic, targeted outreach by Republicans that did you know, that actually asked Latinos to vote along with issues that created an opportunity, right, for the Republican Party in some places. And I
2: think it's true that I think for a long time Democrats have taken the Latino vote for granted, and at least in California, and Republicans have thought it's not worth their effort because they can't win it and there's this dawning awareness on the Republican side that there was this opportunity for them there and they take, took advantage of it. I just got a poll, a new one, that talked about, um, in California, how few Latinos have been contacted in this cycle oh, yeah. about the outreach. It's something like 20% have heard from anyone. And election so th- after election, that's it. And there's the two weeks to go and they're, they know there's an election but no one has sent them anything, knocked on their door when there's this supposed mobilization to, to get more Latino to vote in California, mm-hmm. and they're still not being a couple of these toss Latinos, up districts, by, the way. Districts, by right. the way.
1: You have 50% Latino votes uh, mm-hmm. at stake here, so yeah, it's more important than ever that the both parties well, engage if, here. If you look at to, to Carla's point, you can't look at that uh, Duarte Adam Gray race mm-hmm. without the Republican, you know, it's a, it's a toss up. That means the Republican is making significant inroads into the Hispanic vote. This is the Central Valley with a large Latino population. Valadeo can't be posting those numbers. He can't be competitive unless he's making significant inroads into the Hispanic electorate. Like It is happening in California, too. It's not as measurable Mm -hmm. because of the history and because of the other dynamics of the state. It's certainly not happening the same way it is in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, for example. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the Rio Grande Valley demographically, it's not that unlike what you're seeing in Valadao's district in Mm -hmm. the Central Valley Mm -hmm. or in the Adam Gray seat in the north part of the Central Valley. These are rural agricultural communities where there is clearly a different partisan split with the Hispanic voter there.
2: Thank you all so much for being with us on this special edition of the State of California from the top of the mark at the Mark Hopkins Hotel in San Francisco. Mindy Romero from the USC Price School Center for Inclusive Democracy. Thank you. Mike Madrid. Longtime Republican political strategist and Carlo Marinucci of Politico and The Chronicle. Thank you all for being here. It was terrific. Thank you. And I'm Doug Sovereign, and of course the state of California airs every weekday at 3.30 in the afternoon. You can find it on our Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts, as is our new national politics podcast, The Homestretch. You'll find me on Twitter, at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.